0: It was late at night, when the threat was upon the residents of Sado. The sounds of warships called out in the middle of the night. Their horns blared, signaling that the island was soon to be alive with the sounds of clashing metal. The fetid rats sat upon a watchtower, looking down as the warships approached with the flames alight, casting a quivering shadow on the water's surface. At this point, Kana had woken up the troops, rallying them to prepare for the inevitable battle and they stood at the shoreline, ready. Most everyone had awoken at this point, with those incapable of fighting joining Kanata in the palace to hide, but a new militia had formed to offer reinforcements for them. He'd expected to die soon at the hands of the dragon's armies, but it had barely been a day of rest from his retiring from the new emperor's army, meaning the dragon had this plan prepared. Though he should have prepared more after the blatant assassins' attack earlier. Husband, the armies are at the ready. They wait for your orders. This is a terrible night that I might endure the sounds of screaming men as they're burnt alive, instead of enjoying rest with you. He looks over at Kana, who is stone-faced, clearly finding the choke nowhere as amusing as he did. Letting out a sigh, he turns his head towards the troops, grabbing a wooden cone to help project his voice. Let fire rain down! The shouting order wasn't loud enough to reach the men on the boat, who were dismayed to see the sky soon lit up like fireworks. Those who were equipped with longbows along the shoreline fired at the ships in an attempt to set fire and sink a few before they reached the shore. Two out of the seven warships were soon set alight by the flames, sending... Many soldiers either to a watery grave, though most of them stripped themselves of their armor to make a break to shore. Seems that the first onslaught went well. As for your next order... Karna now stood completely on top of the vantage point, readying to make her way down the tower. The two were to make plans as fast as possible to accommodate the ever-changing naval assault.
1: The dragon's clever enough not to send foot soldiers... I suspect he sent at least a third of the Koi unit. Naval soldiers from China, if I recall. Personally, I never had the honor of meeting them, considering I was nothing more than a roaming foot soldier. Divide the units and take down the leaders, with the rest soon to fall.
0: The two donned their masks with Kana, resembling that of a Crested It was an acknowledgment of the oncoming fight to come. The fetid rat lit a small lantern to signal the troops to separate into their small bands. Together, there were four units of troops, all meant to deal with the remaining five units of koi soldier, one of which was a formation of a militia unit under the old and retired Satori Kabukimono, a rather eccentric old man who now wielded an ancient bowstaff, staff though the fetid rat fully expected him to meet his end here. The federat then meets with his unit, a mix of battle-hardened soldiers and militia members down below.
1: To arms, my men. We've got coy to catch.
0: Some of the younger seemed to cower in fear, and less-hardened soldiers weren't all too confident in their abilities. Well, it was more likely that the soldiers were terrified of working for the infamous federat was often a death sentence, according to legend. Little did they know that more often than not, his soldiers' deaths were often the result of his fellow samurai sabotaging his plans. The militiamen reluctantly followed behind their leader. Murmurs and rumors quickly spread behind the fetid red. They kept whispering out estimations about how many of them would fall before a Pyrrhic victory or even a swift defeat was to meet them. For most military leaders, the words would demoralize their attempt at leading troops, but the fetid rat had ordered them all before. The previous soldiers, most of which left in service of the dragon, were always confident in their survivability, so long as the fetid rat fought dirty. In time, these men would also gain an appreciation of his dirty tactics, though today they'd learn abundantly of how clever a rat could be. Now, let it be known that the Koi was a large naval force, with several divisions, a hierarchy of order, with the Magoi being the highest position. It must also be noted that the Koi as a naval unit are from China, coerced by riches served to serve under the dragon, all loyal so long as payments were received. So while Sado was dealing with the Koi, more specifically, they were dealing with the members of the Asagi sector the one pursuing them being the Shiro Utsurikoi unit. Their leader, the Shiro Utsuri, begins making his way into the market district where their assassin had failed them. His soldiers appeared before he ever had, cautiously making their way through with torches and weapons drawn. Unlike most generals or warlords, the dragon was always wary of raising towns as it reduced the money it would produce for his coffers. While many of his soldiers ignored such a device, the koi were professionals, and as such did their best to follow their orders as instructed. As such, they were unable to flesh out the fetid rats, men hiding within two buildings, lying in ambush, ready to strike. Where the units split in half, separated, they'd had to maintain visual contact with another in order to coordinate their ambush. Their unique position also allowed them to watch the movement of the koi, which wasn't often reported. With as wide as the marketplace streets, it wouldn't be such a stretch to compare them to rivers. After having made the mental comparison to the rivers, the kois ran through the street like koi. Their motions looked as if they were stepping atop one another, but shared characteristics similar to the water's liquidity. It wasn't long before the koi stepped into the proverbial net that the fetid rat had set. Acting to start the ambush, they'd set. he pulls on a string next door, which rings a bell to signal more combatants at the end of the street. Alerted by the noise, roughly twenty militiamen, hunters in particular, stand up, drawing longbows, firing at the koi, who were staring at the wrong direction as the bell sound came from behind them, while smaller bell alerted the hunters. Powerful iron-tipped arrows pierced the unsuspecting soldiers, who soon turned to attack them. They charged like hungry koi towards the men passing directly by the houses the main units had with After they'd crossed a certain threshold distance, spears and blades stabbed into more of the Shiro Utsuri's men. However, concluding that was the end of the ambush. Now, the real battle had to be fought face to face. The disorientation of the... Koi provided only a slight advantage, but both sides were quickly losing troops. Once said disorientation had settled, though the damage was done. Drawing his blade, the fetid rat was decimating his enemies with relative ease, anxiously searching for their leader. Each moment, more of Sato's men were killed, and his search only became more anxious. Concluding his battle would allow him to assist the crested ibis or the hog or even Satori. Several desperate minutes of searching passed before you noticed a man standing towards the center of the marketplace looking into one of the shop's windows. Said man donned what could only be perceived as a Shuro Utsuri's mask and sported several unorthodox pole-like swords. Breaking away from the ongoing battle, stopping before the man but... Not before sheathing his blade.
1: Shiro Utsuri, have your men stand down.
0: Calls out, shocked that the man wasn't, turning to his defense. Why not turning away, the koi leader asked an odd question. The man who produced the necklace in this window is an excellent smith. How much? For a moment, the fettered rat was flabbergasted, trying to figure out how to handle the question. He was unsure whether or not the man was joking or if due to some sort of concussion he'd received upon coming ashore, lost in his thoughts.
1: Several gold pieces, I imagine, though. He's looking for some gems to smith into the jewelry as well. You are THE Shiro Utsuri Koi, correct? Hmm.
0: Oh, yes. You must be the fetid rat, then. I apologize for not recognizing you sooner. I'm trying to get a gift to woo woman I find rather beautiful. Suppose it's best I begin working, though. He draws one of the blades from his back, which turns out to be a two-handed metal rod with a sharp tip. Obviously, the weapon was from the Chinese mainland and was swung like a sword, but everything else about the weapon was foreign to the mono-armed soldier. Looking at the other two weapons at his side also drummed up confusion, with a run and unable to formulate any sort of strategy. Ready to use his iajutsu, the rat waits patiently for his opponent to make the first strike. However, the shirutsuri stabs his weapon into the ground, leaning on it. The current strategy that both had thought out involved someone to take the first strike, and since both relied on this strategy, they were at a standstill. So the two witnessed a battle of their men, while waiting for one of them to make the first move. Standing like this will get us nowhere, Koi. The fetid rat straightened himself up, glancing around at his opponents annoyed that he'd let the ensuing battle continue behind him otherwise. Ah, yes. I suppose we should begin. It was odd that somehow mentioning conflict would somehow enact a sense of war spirit within him, yet the Kishiro Utsuri let out a cry. The fetid rat thought Heavily on drawing his blade to strike, but soon after avoiding the first swing of the pole-like weapon, he was terrified. When produced by the rushing blade, showed its power in its totality. Since the federate wasn't wearing much, if any armor, he knew that a single blow from the blade would have shattered his bones completely. The aforementioned perception of the damage that strikes would have terrified the federate rat so much that he began to shake. And placing his hand on his weapon, he notices the weapon shakes loosely in its scabbard as he quivers. Anxiously, he tries thinking of some sort of new strategy to defeat his adversary, but everything comes up fruitless. Not too dissimilar from his recruitment attempt with the hog. The rotted sword-like weapon was feasibly unstoppable as a two-handed weapon, yet he held two at his side as one-handed weapons as well. Disarming direct attacks and even clashing swords would result in his demise, considering his inability to use another hand, now seemingly doomed him. often not to take out his blade, he pulls out a small batchlock pistol, loaded with a rather small shot that could pierce armor, but it wouldn't be enough to kill the Koi. This being a visible threat would almost make any opponent stay in town, but slowly the Fender Rat began to regard him as a rather idiotic person as he pressed on still the battle raged on and the shiru swung his weapon slowly gaining speed with each movement terrified as he was the fed rat was unable to avoid the weapon as it must have been quite tasking to swing to say the least reloading the gun in the heat of the moment was impossible and was often left to kano or one of the other concubines one shot almost seemed cliche but at this moment it was a truth that the fetid rat found daunting Left, right, overhead, left, right, overhead, a pattern emerges and what enemy strikes, and when the opportunity arises, the matchlock pistol is placed under the Shiro Utsuri's chin. Yet yeah, the moment passed and the two-handed weapon was dropped with a piercing feeling emerging it aside. side. Painfully, the realization that the two-handed weapon was solely to invoke this moment dawned on the fetid red. The perception of such sluggish nature that the Shirutsuri is rather dull or stupid, but a stretching grin quickly re- reveals his true warrior intentions, which had somewhat slipped out from earlier. Not letting a moment pass, the Shiro Utsuri begins swinging the two one-handed weapons with a similar great force as the two-handed one. The fettered red does his best to avoid every single swing, moving and barely avoiding each strike. Unfortunately, the unfamiliar nature of this weapon and opponent forces the Federat to reach for his blade, ultimately leading to the greatest mistake. Not a moment after he tried to reach his weapon, the Suri strikes his arm with the ribbed version of the weapon, causing a sharp break in his arm. Blood and bone which broke through the skin made the experienced soldier cry out in pain, who is now in an even more dangerous situation, unable to fight in any sense of the word. Seeing that his soldiers had quailed the army behind him, he retreated back into their ranks, wondering why hadn't their generals assisted them, if he was so powerful. Federrat's army turns to the Shiratsuri, who has now turned back to the necklace he was looking at earlier before. Walking away, seeing his defeat. Groaning still in pain, Federrat manages to bark out some orders to set his arm. It was a terrible setting, but it did enough so that he could move without worrying too much about bleeding out, and more so on commanding. The soldiers were concerned about their leader's arms, but his resolve to lead the battle was inspiring in truth. It wasn't bravado that compelled him, though, but a desire to protect Kanata and the Isle of Sado.
1: Deliberately, you have gone against my orders. To not attack Sado.
0: The dragon comments, staring at the handle upon his blade. He then looks upon one of his generals, who is now justifiably terrorite.
1: My... my emperor, I apologize, but... The wealth that Sado could provide is nothing to scoff at. You could fill your coffers to a veritable brim with its conquering. Ideal threats to keep the fetid rat at bay. Yet because of your blatant disregard of me, you mean to bring about the wrath of the fetid rat. I was to leave him confined Desado, and he would be of no harm to me or anyone within the kingdom. It would be within your best interest to pray to the gods because of, no, when the fetid rat seeks revenge. I'll kill you myself.